Welcome to In Your Own Words Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Thickpen, recording in Byron, Mississippi, bringing you firsthand success stories from the past to the present. My goal is to interview as many head football coaches, assistant coaches, teachers, administrators, current students, and others who impact high school sports in Mississippi. Grab a drink, sit back, listen, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of In Your Own Words Podcast. I'm Chris Thickpin. Today I have a very special guest with me, one of the most successful high school football coaches in the state of Mississippi, a Noxabee County high school graduate and native, uh, also a graduate of Jackson State. And he also had three stints as a professional football player playing in the NFL, the CFL, and the AFL. Once his career was over at In professional football, he started out as an assistant coach at Louisville High School in Louisville, Mississippi, uh, with head coach M.C. Miller. Uh, This guy got his first head coaching job at Kemper County High School in DeKalb, Mississippi. And in 2016, they were able to win the Class 3A state championship. He is currently the head football coach at Starkville High School in Starkville, Mississippi, so it gives me great pleasure and honor to introduce and welcome head coach Chris Jones to the podcast. Coach Jones, welcome, and thanks for joining. Thanks, Dig, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, really happy to be on. No doubt about it, Coach. Uh, so, you know, we're going through this COVID-19. Uh, so talk about some of the things maybe you've adjusted uh, with your staff and with your players. Uh, it's funny that you, um, you know, brought that up because I just got off the phone with my athletic director, and even before that, we had a staff meeting tonight on Zoom um, that probably lasted a couple of hours, and that was um, our main topic of uh, conversation was about being ready come June one. Um, just trying to have a plan, a plan A, a plan B, or whatever the case may be, and make sure that we under the guidelines or whatever restrictions. Uh, that's currently in place or that may come up. But, um, you know, it's a different different time, you know, because this is kind of uncharted territory as far as uh, I can't remember in my lifetime, even just reading about in past lifetimes of, you know, something like this happening. So it's kind of hard right now to model, you know, a program after, after, you know, uh, maybe a successful program kind of had to go through this before. Nobody's been through this before, so it's kind of new to everybody. But uh, like I said, we're just trying to come up with a, a good solid plan with, you know, safety in mind and also being able to be efficient and have a, you know, great workout and making sure we got good numbers and all that good stuff. No doubt about it, Coach. It, it, it was definitely something uh, we didn't foresee. And like you said, it's very hard to plan for. So, Coach, um, I've heard some, some people say that once uh, June hits, we may be able to have up to so many kids on the field to work out at a time. Are you hearing the same thing? Uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of what we're getting. And we actually received the email the other day from uh, MHSAA. Um, just kind of saying that as of right now, it's going to be June 1. So, uh, but they haven't given us any, like I say, guidelines or restrictions. So I'm waiting on that to kind of come and, and see um, what restrictions as far as, you know, 
maybe hosting or attending, you know, different seven-on-seven camps, just kind of stuff that we normally do, or versus um, we might just have to work out with only your group in your town because, you know, you kind of don't want to cross-contaminate, you know, with different schools and different kids and that stuff right now because um, there's so much uncertainty. So I think I'm pretty positive that we're going to eventually work out and we're going to eventually play ball, but on the wet restrictions and guidelines, it's kind of the concern for everybody right now. No doubt about it. Um, again, listeners, uh, my guest today is Starkville High School head football coach, Coach Chris Jones. Uh, coach, what were some of the things maybe you and your staff were looking forward to uh, learning about maybe about your team um, if we were this this spring, you know, if we were able to have spring practice? Well, um, you know, to me, football and any other sport offseason is real, real crucial, but um, especially for us, because we got some young kids coming up that could possibly be good, and you kind of see it, but you need a spring to kind of confirm, okay, this kid can kind of help us out in the fall, or uh, we need to kind of focus a little bit on, you know, this other kid, or whatever the case may be, you know, a lot can kind of happen as far as just player development with kids. You know, I'm a big player development guy, and I think it's all about having that spring ball and not just the actual practice, man. We we missed out on a whole bunch of workouts and weightlifting right. and running and all that good stuff. Uh, so it's not just about the actual plan of the game. It's about the other stuff, too, that you just try to find out about. We can kind of count on, you know, when times get hard. And to me, that's the kind of stuff you also find in the weight room. And, you, and like I said, your competition drills and um, all that good stuff. So they can play. They had really good junior high careers and all that stuff. But you kind of want to see them do it um, on that next level when, you know, the competition is, is, is really good across the board versus, you know what I'm saying, you, you know, you've been the best guy since Pee Wee Ball and all that good stuff. So we got those kids who we think can play and think going to be really good, but spring going to hurt them. But at the end of the day, you can't make excuses. You got to find a way to get those guys prepared to play because at the end of the day, we can't go draft or recruit. You have to play what you have. So uh, find a way whenever they lift the restrictions, you know, find a way to get those kids as ready as possible to perform at a high level. Absolutely, Coach. So, Coach, uh, you talk about player development. Um what are how do you maybe bring in the incoming freshmen or just new guys to your team? Do you have a certain plan for them uh, when they're joining your your team from the middle school? I think the key uh, is having everybody on the same page as far as even like your middle school coaches. But um, I say that to say, as varsity coaches, we coach our ninth graders. We have our ninth graders and. Um, because for many reasons, you know, we want them to kind of get used to us uh, as people. We want to know um, what we're dealing with, you know, as far as um, this kid's social life or at home life. So we want to catch all that as early as possible. Uh, so to me, being able to be hands on with your ninth graders or eighth graders, whatever the case may be, is really, really vital to a program because, that's your lifeline for, you know, long-term success. And like I said, what we try to do is involve them even in the varsity workouts and all that good stuff. Um, so that helps them to me adapt to just the structure of how we do stuff um, on the next level as far as your weightlifting program and your um, 
your practice habits and your practice um, structure as far as period and, the, you know, just the drills and all that. And I think that helps the transition of them coming to the next level where it's a lot less you have to teach once they're 10th or 11th graders, you know, because you kind of got all that out the way. You said the background and the structure, um, you know, for the future um, as early as possible. So that's kind of our philosophy and mindset on it. So we enjoy coaching those ninth graders and, we're going to have them out there with us this summer, and it's going to be a good, good summer for them because we're going to put the same emphasis on them as we would our varsity guys. Okay. Okay. So, Coach, what – you know, being on the 6A level, I know you coached on the 3A and uh, the 4A level before. Or, or when do you think kids make their biggest growth uh, athletically in high school? Is it from night to their freshman to the sophomore year or maybe junior to the senior year? Uh, I think it's more of the junior to the senior year thing, to be honest with you, because of uh, bodies. Bodies change. Kids change physically, physically especially boys. Uh, I've seen kids come back over summer, you know, coming from a 16-year-old to a 17-year-old, and he didn't gain 15, 20 pounds by the time season starts, and he grew a few more inches, uh, versus this kid who, for the past two years, he was in the ninth grade, he was just a little skinny kid, and you can kind of see some stuff, but Will it get big enough, you know, and just the maturity level of a kid, like I said, physically, uh, you can kind of start seeing it, in my opinion, you know, that junior year going into that senior year. And I think that's the thing with kids. They want to have success and, and, and want it to happen a little bit too fast. But everything takes time as a process. And um, so that's part of the, the deal, too, just kind of getting kids to kind of see it two or three years down the line versus right now. You know, right now you're not ready. I uh, think you're going to be ready, you know, just stick to it and just trust the process. Uh, you know, things will be fine. But I think that junior senior year is just kind of when you find out, okay, this kid here is going to be, you know, really, really good or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But um, like I said, I think junior, junior senior year, honestly. Okay. Okay. And, and you're right, coach. They, you may see that kid as a freshman and he's long, but like you said, by the time he's a junior or senior, he, he may be a well-developed uh, young man and awesome football player. So, Coach, you started um, – I, I know I saw over the summer you, you would bring in former players, maybe college players, uh, to mm -hmm. maybe some of your workouts over the summer to uh, speak with your team. Could you uh, talk about that? I think I saw Jalen Hurts there one time. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, that's, that's, that's big, and that's kind of the culture that we tried to create. Uh, we won't – we want our kids to be able to touch the kids – I mean, the people that they see on the next level. Uh, you know, I just know, like, as growing up, I was big, a big fan of a Jerry Rice or, uh, you know, a Randy Moss, whatever the case may be. Uh, but you never got a chance to kind of touch those people. So I always thought, like, if you can kind of get those people a part of your program and come visit, and, and to me, that kind of helps confirm some stuff for kids. Like, this could really, really happen. Like, this could be me. Like, this guy is real. Like, he's not you know, uh, uh, just a person that we see on TV and hear about, like, he's one of us. And uh, so, like I said, to me, that's important to have those type of people come around the program and tell them their story and kind of let them know, like, I was you one day, you know, but with hard work and dedication and trusting the process and your coaches, um, you know, you can be at this level. And like I said, we have different people from everywhere. Uh, we have the A.J. Browns and the Willie Gays, and I even invite and allow 
just a normal Mississippi State kid who may be looking for something to do on a Friday night, you know, hey, coach, you want to come watch the game? Hey, y'all, come on. I only got one thing. You know, I just want you to talk to the kids for a bit. You know, that's kind of the culture that we created, and um, we enjoy it, man, and the kids are excited about it. I always just kind of thought about how Pete Carroll did it back in the day when I was young, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever when he had, you know, Snoop and right. all the stars out. You know, they just kind of create a different culture and a different energy. And to me, this is a new generation, and they like that kind of stuff. And if that's going to get them excited and ready to play football and, and make them understand the importance of class and being a good person and, you know, your community, you know, why not? No doubt about it. Again, listeners, you're listening to In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Dickpin, and today my guest is Starkville High School's head football coach, Coach Chris Jones. Now, Coach Jones, let's segue uh, we'll come back to that uh, in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But you, you're a native of Knoxville County, and you played receiver at Jackson State. Talk about maybe uh, what it was like playing at Knoxville County and then your time at Jackson State. It was great. Uh, I got some crazy stories at Knoxville County. If, if anybody knows Coach Miller, uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of stories that you can kind of tell. But I was a part of his process of building Knoxville County. Um, he was at Knoxville County prior to, I think he came, I was in eighth grade. I might have been 96. Uh, but he was there in the, in the early 80s. So he was familiar with Knoxville County, but he left and went to Louisville. And I think he was the D coordinator there. And he kind of helped them win a lot of championships there. So when he came back to Knoxville, uh, it was a program to have been in the dumps, man. We hadn't won not many football games in a long time and it was kind of scared for everybody's homecoming. But when he came, it was just different. He had just a championship mentality and he was perfect for our type of kids, you know, being a rural area, some tough blue collar, hard nosed kids. And he's a hard nosed blue collar coach. Um, and, <laughs> and we had a lot of kids who needed that, you know, that tough love and that discipline that he brought. And you can kind of see that in the way, over the years, we were as a team. It was a tough, hard-nosed, uh, you know, football, even to this day, a football team. I think a lot of it is because of what Coach Mother brought in the early stages of it. But um, as far as me and my career, um, I played quarterback in high school, and I was a starting quarterback until my senior year. And the best thing happened to me is Omar Connor and if y'all don't know who that is, he's probably one of the best high school football players to ever come through the state of Mississippi. Yeah. So, um, so honestly, um, he kind of took my position, to be honest with you. And like I said, that's the best thing that happened for both of us. So he ended up becoming the quarterback as a ninth grader and having a great career. And I ended up moving to receiver. And, um, Actually, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. So it was, it was, it was really good. And the thing was, I, I was a pretty good quarterback too. So I could have very well played quarterback, but I wasn't Omar Connor. Uh, and we were, but it wasn't like now. Like, like I said, he turned the program around. I want to say our first year we might have won like six games, and the second year, which my sophomore, year, I was starting quarterback. We won like nine games, and but we wasn't knocking on the door to win state championships. Like I said, he was just turning the program around because. At that point, we didn't know what it really, really, really took to win championships. We just knew what it took to win a few games. Like I said, we had enough talent. He kind of got us going in the right way. But um, also what happened was, and I learned this, like this is all just kind of leading to my where I am now, just 
how he ran his program. And it's kind of some of the stuff that I do today. Like, uh, he always talked about a few principles, man. It, it wasn't a whole bunch of scheme and X's and O's. He always just talked about if I out block you, if I out, if I out tackle you, if I outrun you, we win the game. And, and, and that's just kind of what he thrived on. It was all about having a, a, a fast and physical and hard-nosed defense and being fast and physical on offense. And our practices were a reflection of that. Um, I, I really didn't know anything else but hit every day. Um, and it's different today, but, man, we tackled every day. Like, it was some form of, of Oklahoma or something every day all the way up into game day until it's dark outside. And, and But that's what we needed, and he brought that to – to not to be, and like I said, you can just kind of, even to this day, like this, our DNA now, like we are physical, uh, no matter who you play, they don't care. And that's what he brought to the program. And what he also brought was some really good young coaches at the time. And there's a lot of them out there now who's coaches other places, and uh, like Tyrone Shorter, for example, and Bernard Ewell, and uh, Coach Ashford. And those guys were young then. They was kind of like fresh out of high school, I mean, fresh out of college, and, and, and uh, I think Coach Shorter went to the NFL. And um, and I say that to say that they kind of made me want to, like, if I ever coach, I want to coach like Coach Shorter or Coach Ewell because they were hands-on, like, and they were still young, and they were doing it. Like, they was running routes. Okay, I'm going to show you how to run this route versus telling you how to run this route. Um, and just the relatability fact of them kind of still being young enough to kind of relate to us but still starting and disciplined uh, enough in, in, in any area, in the classroom, on the field, that they brought that, hey, man, I'm going to be a coach like that, but I want to mix it with something like Coach Miller. Uh, so I kind of got some of my coaching style from that era and going through that process. And it also helped me understand how to build a program because we came from, like I said, ground zero, and when I went to Kemper County, that was kind of a similar situation. So in my mind, I knew it could happen. I've been there before. I've played in that situation. I watched Coach Miller build a program not to win games, but become like a dynasty in the state of Mississippi. So I knew it could be done, but it's just a matter of how you go about, you know, getting it done. So um, that's kind of my background as far as not should be. So this is kind of how I ended up at Jackson State. Uh, just from, I guess, being around, uh, like I said, a really, really good program at the time and who was under the radar, but I always had players. And like I said, I was just part of the process of building that thing. And, Coach, you had um, those names you mentioned are great coaches in the state of Mississippi, head coaches in the state of Mississippi. Coach Ashford uh, has turned around Lanier mm -hmm. High School. Uh, Coach Ewell yep. is always uh, in contention. And Coach Short has won several championships as well. So, yep. Great guys. So, Coach, what what talk briefly about maybe what what your experience was like uh, in the NFL? Oh uh, man, uh, first I tell you, I only had a cup of coffee in the NFL, but uh, I tell you what, it was a great experience. Um, just the whole process of getting to that level and getting to something that you dream about, and and being able to actually put on the uniform and, like I said, practice with the guys that you play with on Madden and all that good stuff. And um, I was just kind of said though, like you don't understand exactly what it is until you get there. It's a job. That's, it's a job because the same way we clock in now as teachers and coaches, 
it was like that. It wasn't like you just kind of showed up and practice and, okay, you play on Sunday. You came in at 8 o'clock, and it was a, a job all day, and you didn't go home to, until 5. Um, so with that being said, and, and, and I just kind of learned then that I remember one of my coaches, Coach West Chandler, he was my receivers coach at the time, and he was just talking about just the level that we're on. And he was saying, so if you want to compare this to college guys, uh, this is the Harvard of football. This is the, the you know, the top level. This is Ivy League. This is where you learn everything there is to learn about football. And to me, that's kind of more so what I got out of it than a long career. I learned a lot about football. And being a French guy who had to go the undrafted way and had to, to really fight because I was – I came in, I was probably like the 14th receiver – and by the time the season started, I was a, I like I was the sixth guy, which allowed me to be on practice squad and get moved up, a, you know, kind of throughout the season, a few games, and you know that kind of stuff. But I was never the guy. But to me, that was important. It was big for me to fight and come all the way up from the bottom. Who, like I said, I came in. I was in the room with I can't remember the exact number, but it was 14, 15, 16, maybe sixteen receivers at the time in training camp, and I ended up being the sixth guy. You're talking about some of the best guys in the world. Um, but I say that to say, with me being a French guy in the back, and I had to really, really learn my playbook because I couldn't rely on I'm good. I was a third-round pick. I ain't going nowhere. So I figured the more that I can do, if I can play all positions, X, Y, and Z, and really you know, understand how special teams work, and I might have a chance to stick around. So I kept my playbook with me and I always asked questions and, you know, I stayed late and, you know, met with coaches and just kind of learned a whole bunch about football that I didn't know. Uh, I said, honestly, you know, coming from the Jackson State, we played, you know, some really good football, played at a high level, but as far as just teaching me the game game, I didn't learn about a whole bunch of coverages and, 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 and fronts and all that stuff until I got to the next level because, like I said, that's the ultimate. They teach you football uh, so and I came up under some some really good coaches um Mike Tyson my head coach one time and Mike Holmgren and Brad Childers and these are guys with like west coast philosophies and ideas and you know with me being an offensive guy I came up under some offensive coaches and they were really really geniuses um at the time and even to this day so I had a chance to learn from some some really good guys and I had to pay attention, like I said, because I wasn't one of the guys where I couldn't afford to put my head down and go to sleep. And I had to really, really pay attention in the meeting and really write down and take notes and learn. And I've even got some of those same playbooks and notes that I took then now. And football really hasn't changed, changed a whole bunch. Uh, it's just we're kind of more innovative now, I guess you can kind of say. But it was a great experience to, you know, go to the NFL and the CFL and, you know, learn as much as I can and been able to compete at the highest level. Absolutely. Coach, do you think maybe um, how you had to fight your way uh, to that sixth spot and, and just, like you said, learn the game uh, on the professional level, do you think maybe that that work ethic you took to that league uh, translated to how you approach coaching now? Almost oh, definitely. Uh, it's that underdog mentality at the end of the day, knowing that you got to work for everything and uh, but it always carries on um, to whatever 
understand that every day is not going to be a good day, but if I keep working and keep grinding, I, I can do this. I can make it. And that's something that I tell my kids all the time. You know, I'm not going to coach effort. You know, that's just something that's want to. And to me, that's something I had to do. I had to do the extra. I had to dive and I had to, you know, uh, because I might not give it one ball today. One ball. So I need you to sell out. And that's my message to my kids because you never know. Like, first of all, you never know when it's going to be your last play. But you never know. Uh, to me, that's the difference between making that play and not making that play and just giving that just that little extra. And I want my guys to be extra. Uh, no matter how much talent you got, if you give a little bit extra, to me, that makes you just that much better. Um, so to me, that's, that's, that's real important to me, man. Just, just what I went through to, you know, kind of get to be able to make the squad. You know, like I said, I know how important hard work is. So hard work is always going to be at the top of my list when you're talking about philosophies and, and you know, building the program and, and just kind of doing stuff the right way on a day-to-day basis. No doubt about it, Coach. Again, listeners, you're listening to In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpen, and today my guest is Starkville High School's head football coach, Coach Chris Jones. Coach, let's segue. Um, you get your first head coaching job at Kemper County. Uh, the year before you got there, they had a losing record, and I believe in your first year, you took them to the third round, and you were on the brink of maybe upsetting the, um, one of the the uh, well, the eventual uh, state runner-up. Could you talk about that, maybe? Yeah, uh, actually, that was my second year. Tell you what, my first year, we got put out in the second in the second round, and that was the first time ever Kemper had even went to a playoff game. Then to win a playoff, no, they hadn't been to a playoff game in like ten years, I think. But they never won a playoff game. Yeah, they never won a playoff game. Uh, but to win a, a first-round game my first year uh, was big for them. Uh, and I say for them because my previous job, like, it was mandatory that we win. I'll never forget when I first got there. It was my first time ever coaching back in 2010 when I was in Louisville. Uh, and that's one of the best programs, best, best football setups out there. Uh, and they – have a great tradition for winning championships. But I say that to say, we had a meet. Um, the whole staff, when we first got hired, Coach Miller, I think we went to like this little restaurant and we met and the, and the superintendent came in in the AD. And, uh, wow. <laughs> right. And he um, <laughs> he kind of told us then, you know, guys, we ain't, we ain't, we're not here to be mediocre. Uh, at the end of the day, we expect y'all to win uh, eight ball games this year. And this is our first year, like, in – that's kind of hard, you know, expectations, you know, coming in and, you know, putting the system in. And they lost a lot of kids at the time. I think they had uh, one or two back-to-back, but they lost a whole bunch of kids. And I think the year before we got there, I think they lost some games. So it wasn't as good as a year they had when Brad Peterson won back-to-back, I want to say, uh, seven and eight. And I think nine, they kind of had like a down year. But in 2010, we got there. So the expectations there was – Man, winning is – that's everything. You know, so my mindset going to Kemper was the same way. Like, I, we ain't coming to be mediocre. So, yeah, y'all can be happy about this first round, but this this, this kind of, you know, we underachieve here, guys. You know, our expectation is to be competing for a state championship every year. So, but that was the first year. But the second year is, is when we played Charleston uh, in the North State. 
and they end up beating us. That's right. And, yeah, and it was crazy, man. I, I learned a lot that game. Uh, we were actually up, I want to say, three scores at halftime. Yeah, we yeah. was up three scores at halftime, and, you know, we're feeling good. But that's – Charleston had been there before. And I knew this. And so, in halftime, I'm telling the kids, settle down. We celebrating, and we going to the ship. I never forget, kids in there just sing the song. We going to the ship. <laughs> but that's, that's, that was awesome for them. They never even got to that moment. You know, always having a losing program. So, to get to that point, I said that to say, we didn't know how to finish. We hadn't been there before. And I'm me being a young coach made some mistakes in that game too, you know, just being honest. So it's not all the players. Um and tough ball game. So they end up coming back, but we fought, they end up coming back and kind of taking the lead. I want to say in the fourth, we fought back and took the lead. All right. So we get the ball like the final two minutes. You know, we backed up and we eventually have to punt. All we gotta do is punt. And they're down, uh, I think they're down six. So they got to score a touchdown. So we get the ball, like I said, about two minutes. So we run time down. So we end up playing with about maybe a minute or so left. We're backed up, I want to say, maybe on the five or seven or something like that. Uh, man, they end up blocking the punt and scoring the touchdown and tying the game. Yeah. Yep, they tied the game. We ended up going yep. to overtime. But the, the, one of the crucial things I learned from that is, man, we should have just took the safety. Uh, just snap okay. it over here and run the back of the end zone, and and now we kick it off because Noah Charles they don't really, they didn't really have a great passing game, but they had an awesome running game, so they yeah. wouldn't have had to really drive with not a whole bunch of time left. And yeah, they might have would have popped a few runs, but I didn't see them just passing that thing and winning the game that way, you know, hindsight. But we should have just took the safety, uh, learned the lesson. Um, I got beat since then, but I hadn't got beat that way. And I, I always told myself I won't get beat that way never again. Um, and honestly, uh, this situation has come up again uh, recently when I was in Starkville. So we just took the safety ball game. We won at the end of the day. And that's something I learned from that. But um, we needed to go through that. You know, honestly, we needed to go through that. Um, Kemper, we, we won a whole bunch of ball games at Kemper. But that game – to me, help us understand how to win the really important ball games, the one that matter, the one that can get you to the state championship. So, um, like I said, that was a great experience, man. So, um, and that was in 2014. Like I said, that was my second year. Yeah, that was my second year. But that was a really good year, though. Like, we only lost, like, two or three games. Yeah, and then, Coach, now, when you won it in 2016 – you played that same Charleston team, and I believe the yep. score was what fifteen to eight or twelve to eight. Crazy, another crazy ball game. Uh, I was had crazy ball games against Charleston, but it rained that day. It rained that day, state championship, and us being a passing team, we threw the ball like we didn't even care. We came out throwing the ball, uh, but we had a good. They wouldn't have a great day, and I think a lot of it was because of because of the weather, but. Uh, we kind of stuck to our guns as far as who we were. So we kind of we we did when we did have success, it was passing the football. Uh, but uh, we jumped out on them early. Yeah, we jumped out on them early. I think we didn't capitalize though. I think we kind of got down to like the one or two or something like that, and we could have went up three scores, but we didn't. And honestly, another mistake that we made as a staff, I went back and looked at film. 
for two plays straight. One had ten guys on the field, man, and so it was a guy short, <laughs> and um, so that was a missed opportunity that we didn't go up, and they fought back and they made it a ball game. I think, like I said, it ended up being like fifteen. What was the final score? Fifteen eight. Yeah, I think something 15, like that. Eight. Yeah. Uh, but that was a really good ball game. Like I said, we jumped out first quarter. Our first position, I want to say we scored. Our second position, I want to say we scored again. And we didn't score since. And it was like a wet game. And it was a really good football at- atmosphere, though, you know, because at that time of year, and it was raining. It was just football weather, man. I do remember that. And I was all wet. But um, I enjoyed every minute of it, man. That was a really, really good win. And that was just kind of like awesome to – really get something achieved like that to kind of start from where we started, man. Cause at Kimber County, when I first got there, it was, um, I was always told, don't go there. Don't take the job. Like you, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it if I were you. And, um, the crazy thing is, is I wanted the job the year before, but I didn't get hired. I had interviewed the year before and they told me no. Uh, so I didn't even get the job wow. the year before. <laughs> then the following year, the guy resigned and like, May, yeah, he resigned in May. So I get a call from the principal, and he was like, uh, "He said, do you want the job?" I was like, uh, "You know, just kind of let me think about it or whatever." He was like, "So, but just let me know because if you want, I'm not gonna give it to nobody else." But I was kind of in my feelings to be honest with you because I was like, you know, honestly, I should hire me the first time. So I'm like, <laughs> "No, I don't know. Let me get back with you." <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. I end up getting the job and. One of the best things that just kind of ever happened to me, and I've always wanted to be a head coach, and I've interviewed other places, and nobody wanted to give me a chance. Honestly, I even – that was my first time even being a coordinator because I even tried to be a coordinator. Nobody just never gave me a chance to coordinate. So that was my first time, like, running the whole show on that level. But I was a, a junior high, you know, head coach. So my thing with that was I'm going to run this as, as if I was the high school head coach. So – and Coach Miller, like, he let me run it how I want to run it. Um, so I used that to, to um, you know, really, really, like, work on my craft. And I had some really good high school kids. I made some junior high kids at Louisville who end up, that group ended up winning the state championship the year I left. And it's crazy, man, because I knew that they were going to win it. Like, that was the group. You know how you had those kids? Okay, this is the group, guys. Like, we knew that was the group. And that was the group that, I was a part of as far as just kind of being the head coach and that was with my guys and it was seventh graders, eighth graders, and it was ninth graders with them. It was 10th graders. I, I was there for all of that and I had to leave. Um, and like I said, I knew they was going to win it. So, but I went and, you know, they took a leap and, and, and tried something different and kind of went against the grain. And like you said, people would say, you know, that'll kill your career. That's a job killer and all that stuff. And yeah. I've always just wanted an opportunity, man. You just give me an opportunity. In the back of my mind, I've been through this before. This is a, this ain't nothing but Knoxville County, y'all. Matter of fact, we're a county over. We're the next county. So it's the same kind of athletes, but this is a basketball town. Right. They've won championships in basketball. So the athletes there, they just don't have anybody to just kind of care about it enough. So I'm that guy. Like I, I feel like I can do it. Uh, but it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, man. It was a lot of long days. And uh, so my story was crazy. I used to drive 58 miles one way just to get to work. Wow. And I wasn't making a whole bunch of money at the time. So I'm honestly like paying to go to work, you know. Uh, and this is like when I'm 
kind of still young in my marriage. So I got like young kids and I'm away from that. And, um, but I want to be a head coach. So this is, you know, something that I want to do. So I sacrificed and did everything I had to do at a program who've never, you know, won before. And when you're dealing with programs who never won before, they don't understand the importance of a weight room and your practice field and all that stuff. So I'm truly having to build all of this. Like they didn't have a booster club. I'm having to like do all of this, like create a booster club and, I'm having to – we didn't have a practice field my first year. We practiced on, like, an old baseball field that hadn't been used in 10 years because they got rid of the baseball program. So, like, as far as, like, lines and all, we didn't have nothing. We just had straight sand. And I used to go home every day just <laughs> full of just dirt and red sand, man. And But that was a grind. And, and we didn't have a whole bunch of coaches. So, I'm the guy who got to wash the clothes and wash the toilet and – like I did it all, and that was pretty much the whole four years. Like to be honest with you, um, but it made me so much better. Made me appreciate everything, and I knew though at the end of the day, if you really want to win championships, you have to do what it takes. You can't make excuses about what you don't have. You got to find a way to just kind of get stuff done, and that taught me to kind of be resourceful, and. Also taught me that, and honestly, like anything can really, really happen if you really just put your mind to it and put your head down and grind. Um, but Kimber kind of taught me a lot, and, and the kids were great. You know, the community was great. Uh, and sometimes all people need is opportunities and chance, and they gave me a chance. And and to me, you know, that's the best thing that just kind of happened to me. To be honest with you. No doubt about it. And, and Coach, that's an incredible story. Um, and, and I'm glad you articulated the way you did because a lot of people may not understand uh, what what some young, talented coaches go through to trying to get an opportunity. And then once they get an opportunity, uh, like you said, um, trying to get all the things you need to be successful because you're basically taking uh, lemons and trying to make lemonade with no other ingredients. So, Right. Uh, coach, now you mentioned some great coaches um, and you and, and I, you know, I did some research and you have a heck of a coaching tree uh, yourself. Um, you had guys like uh, Keevy Thompson on your staff, Derek Welch, Randall Montgomery, uh, Milton Tabbert, Clayton Moore, Kemper County New uh, head football coach Ray mm -hmm. Westerfield. Talk about maybe what you uh, how you maybe help those guys. Uh, growing profession and uh, what what you liked about those guys? Well, the main thing is, honestly, they've helped me. Um, and I talk to this because people kind of bring it up and I, I don't want, I guess I, I guess the humble part of me don't want to me to feel like I have a coaching tree. I don't feel like I have a coaching tree. I just feel like I was one of the people, uh, the person who was willing to give people opportunities you know, at the end of the day, because I was that person at one point, like, seriously, like, nobody would hire me. Like, I went on, like, eight interviews. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody even gave me a chance. I still got letters. Like, see, I got a letter. I ain't gonna call the high school name, but that's why I like playing right now. Um, who then hired me, like, hey, coach, uh, thanks for the interview, interview, Blase, Blase, great job, but we decided to hire something to go another way. Like, bam. I even got coaches that I've hired uh, Recently, who didn't hire me when I was looking for opportunities. Wow. And, I ain't, you know, I'm not going to say the name, uh, but 
I've always just thought sometimes people just need opportunities, just need a chance. That's true. And I say that to say some of these people that I've brought in to to help with you know build programs and all that stuff has taught me a lot about football because like I said, they, I'm a young coach, so I'm always willing to to learn and and, and you know and get better. But the thing to me about all of it is you take a little bit from this one, from that one, from that one, from this one, but you still make it your own and you put your own flavor to it. And to me, uh, I just, I just enjoy people advancing and growing. Like, and I don't want to, that's one of my things when I talk to a coach or whatever, when I first meet him, like, Hey, so what you want to do? Like, you know, you want to be head coach one day. You want to be to me. I don't want the guy who say, well, I just want to be an assistant. You know, like, cause his grind is different. You know, he ain't he ain't trying to elevate himself to become a head coach one day. So his work ethic ain't the same. His preparation ain't the same. Because when you find that guy who's motivated to be a head coach one day, or who has been a head coach, the way they operate is different. And, you know, because they want to run it as if I am a head coach. Because I tell all my guys, like, you you are the head coach of your position, or you are the head coach of the defense or the offense. And, and take ownership of it. So run it as such. So make sure you're organized. Make sure you're in contact with your players. Make sure you're on top of your grades. Make sure, like, that's your program. That's your room. That's your audience. Uh, and I think, to me, that just kind of helps you prepare for, you know, being, I guess, the leader of the, uh, you know, or whatever the case may be. But like I said, I've learned so much from guys who I've hired, uh, like a Kiwi. Uh, Kiwi is such an intelligent person. And like Coach Welch, like, I'll never forget, like, this is a crazy story. Coach Welch, uh, <laughs> he helped me with yep, Kemper. Yep. Never met him a day in my life. Never met him a day in my life. Uh, we out there on the baseball field. He's sitting in the bleachers, old bleachers, wooden bleachers, sitting down. He's just had this whole time. I'm just kind of people over like, man, who is that? Like, you know how you at practice, you got people like you don't know who are, but Ain't nobody even coming at this point. So it's just like one person <laughs> over there just sitting down. Like, man, who is that? And uh, so we walking out. He introduced, like, hey, coach, I'm, I'm Derek Welch. And, you know, I used to live here, but I, I went to high school in Taylorsville. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of getting this background. And I'm like, okay, that's what's up, coach. Give me a, give me a call. So we just kind of started talking. And, uh, coach, I want to coach. Like, at the time, you know, being Kemper, like, we ain't got no real supplements, like, because I can't really pay, because I do it for free. Like, you ain't got to pay me nothing. So, at that point, you're like, huh? Like, come on in. Like, because, I mean, you need help. You need coaches. And so, if I can get a guy to come out here, he said he's going to coach and coach for free. And he has a college background already. I think he had, he was a GA at Central Arkansas. Yep. Like, that's a no-brainer. Uh, but he came in, and, man, he was so good and so detailed. He taught me some stuff because, he had just left a college program as a GA. So he knew the importance of organ, organization and practice schedules and practice scripts and, you know, like having a plan for all of that. So he helped me. Not that I didn't have a plan, but like, how can we take this to the next level? Like, I want to run my program like a college program. So, like, that's what he, you know, had just left. So he knew what it looked like. And so, Hey, Cole, how about this? What you think about this? Like, okay, let's do it. And he always gave good, solid advice, but I took his advice because he did his work. You know how you got some coaches, you know, they got all this great advice, but they don't watch no film. 
you know, they come to practice late, and and them ain't the coaches I'm gonna really right. listen to. Like, I'm gonna listen to the ones who I feel like is really passionate and sincere and have a same drive that I have. You know, at the end of the day, and he was that guy, and he was young. I was young. Um, had great energy, man, and the kids were late. I knew then. Like, man, I ain't going to have him long. Like, in the next year, he left and went to Northwestern State. Uh, but he had taught me so much from a defensive uh, standpoint. Uh, I ended up becoming really like the offensive coordinator <laughs> and the D coordinator, like the next year. So I, I did like double duty, just small, 3A ball, got to do everything. I've done it all, man. And Welch helped me with all, even like special teams, like, Offense, I was good. Uh, defense, uh, he helped me understand. I was able to the point where I was actually the coordinator, so that helped me understand offense better. But he's a real important guy. Uh, like I said, Coach Coach um, Thompson and Keevy, man, he's a right. Keevy's really good. Keevy's really good. I knew I wasn't going to have him long, but uh, really good guy. Uh, taught me a lot. Uh, real passionate, real driven. Uh, oh, Coach Montgomery, great offensive mind. Uh, like I said, Westerfield. Westerfield was a part of the Kemper County uh, State Championship. Uh, he was on the staff of me then, so that was a guy, man. Like he, I've always wanted to have him uh, around because he knew how I operated. He knew the system. Uh, good guy. He's a guy I call. We call. I talked to him today. Like as far as like ideas on scheme, ideas on programs, because we think a lot alike because we've been around each other before. Uh, so, I mean, there's a whole bunch of coaches like Coach Talbert. But my thing is, man, I just want to give people opportunities, just give people chances because uh, I was raised by – I had my mom and dad there and all that good stuff. But my grandma, like, she, was part, she was a part of my life growing up uh, a lot. And her main thing was, man, just treat people how you want to be treated. So I try to live by that. And, and you know, so I've, I've always wanted somebody to just give me a chance. So if I feel like – this guy is of the quality. Like, why not give him a chance? I've had some really good coaches just having that philosophy, you know, at the end of the day as far as hiring guys. No doubt about it. Again, listeners, you're listening to In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpen, and today uh, my guest is Starkville High School head football coach, Coach Chris Jones, giving us incredible stories uh, throughout his career and uh, at each stop. So, Coach, uh, I believe it was – was your second year maybe at Starkville or maybe your first year, you were able to get your team to the state championship game. Uh, you guys came really close. Yeah. Could you talk about that game and that season some? Uh, man, that's, that's when, uh, that's when I feel like we, 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 um, let's slip away. Um, just being honest with you, we had a really good team. And I think the special part about that team is that we were like the underdogs all year. Like my first year, uh, young team, I think they had just lost like the Willie Gage and the AJs the year yep. before. Um, they didn't make the playoffs or something that year. So they had they didn't make the playoffs the year before. So for us to kind of do all that we did was shocking to a lot of people. But when I got there, I knew that we could because of the kind of kids we had. We had some really good kids. Um, and they still had that taste in their mouth because some of them had one – not the season before, but two years ago, they had just won a state championship. So they knew how to win and to start build. So kids, like, we were a really good program. And to me, it was because of the tradition that was already set. 
I just happened to come in to me at a really good time where they needed just a little bit something different uh, at the end of the day. And like I said, Ricky Wood, he left it in great shape. Left it in great shape. But um, I had a really good group. I had a really good group. I had some really good uh, players. And we made it to the state championship against Prairie. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to remember. I think we were 13-2 at the end of the day. 13. Had two losses or something like that. Maybe three losses. But uh, good game. We were up. Uh, but they wanted it more than we did. At the end of the day, we had a, maybe one or two questionable calls. But – it is what it is. Uh, and they had Tyler Knight, man. And, and they had been there before. I think they, they lost the previous year. And, yeah, they lost it. They had been there before. And they just had that no way to take the win type deal and wanted it a little bit more than what we did. And, uh, man, we were up until the last four minutes. Three. Yep. Three, four minutes of the game. Uh, but – yeah, that was a really, really, really good game, man. But I thought that was a pretty good year, but it's kind of not what we wanted. You know, it sucks to get there and lose, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, it sucks to get there and lose, especially when you got a chance and you're up and it's close. Uh, that was a tough loss. That was a real tough loss. So, Coach, um, you you know, I believe when you were hired at Startville, um, Milton Smith maybe was the athletic director. And then uh, the past few seasons, it's yep. been Dr. Uh, Cheyenne Trussell. So, uh, so could you maybe talk about what it was like to work under them and maybe learn some things from them? Well, first, I want a big shout out to uh, Milton Smith, who hired me. Uh, because, like, you know, coming from a 3A school – and just be real, uh, I'm a black guy. Uh, at the end of the day, a young black guy. Uh, so for him to give me an opportunity that most people may not have given right. me, even though I've had success. Uh, for, so for him to give me an opportunity, like, I, I really appreciate that. And i never forget uh, the first game we played Noxby at Noxby. And um, – on top of him already always being like he's just a good guy, a father figure type guy. Uh he's been a coach before. He won a state championship before at Laura. Uh he get he just a good guy, good A D. Uh to been in the same shoes you've been in. But he came up to me and uh after the game, after, after we beat Noxie, because I think maybe everybody didn't kind of agree with his decision, but he just was so emphatic and was like I hired the right guy. <laughs> I hired the right guy. Like he, like, he believed in me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that was that was big. And like I said, just to give me a chance at not just a six A school, but like Starkville, like traditionally is one of the best programs in the state of Mississippi and possibly just the nation as far. You talking about football and all sports, really. So, um, man, that was real huge for him to just hire me and give me a chance. And I told him I, I'm not gonna let him down. Um, I'll make sure I do my part. And just show my appreciation for him giving me a chance. I and mean, we got Dr. Trussell in, and like, oh, okay. So we had one good AD. So now we get another AD who's 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 a legend, you know, in the state of Mississippi. At the end of the day, we ain't talking about athletic directors. Uh, I, he's different. Uh, he's like, <laughs> I guess you could say, like okay. a Phil Jackson type. Yeah, of ads, man. Like he's just full of so much knowledge, man. And he's 
the you know just the calm presence about him and just like he teaches you so much and it's like he calls you on a daily basis and give you advice like you're his son or something and uh you know like really good guy man i hate losing him he's going to meridian but like he helped me in so many ways just grow mentally and how to handle situations and you know because a lot of being a head coach is just right. managing managing people um and like he's helped me in so many ways in just that area and uh, he's gonna be truly missed. I mean, I've been able to work with two really good ads, man. I've been blessed, and I thank I thank both of them for just giving me the chance to, you know, be who I am uh, and help me grow. Uh, at the end of the no day, no doubt about it, Coach. Um, so, Coach, um, what what's a message? Maybe if you have a message for uh, Starville uh, fans, community, uh, those who are involved with the school. I think I think the message is simple. Uh, you know, just something that we we know that we preach every day. Just uh, excellence. You know, in the community, in the classroom. You know, whatever the case may be. And you know, we want our program to be a representation of our community. So we want to strive for excellence. We want to make sure that uh, we're getting these kids. Like, to me, that's part of my duty to help get these kids to college and help them find jobs and for me to take pride in, you know, GPA and academics, because I know at the end of the day, you know, once they leave here, they're still a representation of Starkville. Um, so my, my whole thing is, and my job is to make sure that we put out a good product, you know, uh, for Starkville. And I guess I really appreciate all the support that I've been getting, you know, from the community to, you know, help me with my vision and to help get kids to college and to, you know, uh, support the fundraisers and all that good stuff and to come to the games. And to me, this is – to me, like, when you're talking about football and sports and, and, and general or basketball, whatever the case may be, Starkville is the time for that. You know, this is a sports-oriented place. Like, and if you want to coach a sport, like, this is where you want to be. Like I said, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball – you know, most schools have one right. or two, like, great traditions as far as, okay, it was a good baseball team. We got a good basketball team. <laughs> I mean, we look at Starkville, they won state championships and everything, you know, from swimming to tennis to to um, soccer to baseball to basketball, girls and boys to, to football. Um, and to me, that just kind of – that just speak volumes of who they, who they are. It's, to me, it's not even about me. You know, it's – Whoever else come in, you know, they're going to be able to win because it's just the tradition has been set. The expect, to me, the expectations have been set. Uh, you know, we strive for excellence in all areas, and that's what we're going to continue no to do. No doubt about it, Coach. Uh, again, listeners, you're listening to In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpin, and today my guest was none other than Starville High School head football coach coach chris jones uh what an incredible story uh coach jones has uh from his time in Knoxville to jackson state to pro ball to being an assistant coach to a head coach winning at a place that has never won on that level and now probably at one of the most uh flagship high school football programs in the state of mississippi in starville high school so, Coach Jones, uh, I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, come on the podcast and tell your story and 
uh, kind of give us an update of what's going on um, at Startville. I know you and your team and your coaches and all the community are very excited and want to get back to normalcy as soon as possible. So, uh, hey, man, take care. And uh, if you need anything, let me know if I can help you. Appreciate that. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Hey, but don't you forget about, like, the small people when you become, like, the next Stuart Scott and have an ESPN <laughs> podcast or whatever the case may be, man. Make sure you save a few, you know, spots for us, you know, the small people down here in Mississippi, you know, when you go to the big cities of L.A. or whatever your studio going to be at one day. But I think you're doing a great job, and hopefully, you know, you, you'll be one of them guys one day if that's what you want to do. But to me, this is awesome. Um you know, continue to do the good work, and you know, whenever you need me, if I can no help doubt you, about let it. me know. Coach, coach uh, take care, man. Uh, I hope you enjoy time with your family, and for the listeners, from all of us to all of you, thank you and good day. Thanks. You've been listening to In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpen. You can now listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and many more. From all of us to all of you, good day and God bless.